The Ruddy Reveal podcast is a part of the Ruddy Reveal subscription service conducted by Ruddy Man Grooming Company. Please listen further for clues and information that will aid you in your search for the truth with this month's mystery. After the group of detectives dispersed, some making their rounds again with attendees, others branching out into the other main areas of the resort building, the sleuths, with more solid leads, headed to their respective posts to dig a little deeper. The detective who had questioned Beatrice Cheery found the event's coordinator again, and this time asked for some more documentation. We just have to round all of the bases, he'd told Cheery, just in case something jumps out at us that we missed the first time through. If you don't mind, I'd like the information you have on hand regarding Miss Quinn's employer. It might help us figure out exactly why she was sent to this particular destination. Her company may have a valid reason to send her here, but it does seem a bit out of the way for a business specializing in landscapes that are a deal greener than this one. Cheery, who had until now been nothing but the perfect hostess, began to show signs of irritation and said, Well, why don't you just use up all of our printer ink for all the guests while you're at it? The detective, unshaken, simply replied, We might just need you to, Miss Cheery, if we don't get to the bottom of this soon. Thank you for your cooperation. With that, Cheery huffed off to the offices. Within moments, she returned with a few sheets of paper detailing the business name, address, and contact information for the entity that purportedly sent the now-deceased Quinn to the Onyx Diamond. This will do for now, thank you, the detective murmured as he began to survey the papers. The detective who had rounded up info on Todd Dendy and the patrons of the bar that night found his way back to the smaller group of ladies who had seemed peeved at the mention of Miss Samantha Quinn's name. He prodded a bit more for the reasons behind their apparent disdain for the deceased, and they all turned a shade lighter in shock. We never meant anything by it, stammered a timid woman in the group. Another asked, You don't think we had anything to do with her death, do you? I mean, we never even met the girl before tonight, and we really didn't meet her at all anyway. We just saw her there. Finally, a more direct woman in the enclave stood and simply stated, Listen, we don't know the gal. We just think she was acting really flirtatious, and it was all a bit too forward for a true lady. I mean, she kept chatting up Todd, who was really starting to look flustered, He just tried and tried to get away, but she kept asking for a top-off, and then she'd start whispering to him. Looked like she was hitting on him pretty hardcore, but after the first or second onslaught, Todd just looked nervous. If we were annoyed at anything, it was just that she was a buzzkill, and Todd wasn't as friendly as he'd been before. We all just wanted a fun night at the bar, but that young woman made it all about her. We all just went to the powder room, and when we came out, There was a crowd of people around her. That's all we know. Now, can we get another drink, please? The detective took his leave of the ladies, apologizing for the lack of beverages, and found his way to the ruddy bartender who was busy wiping up a spilled bowl of lemon slices. Hello, Mr. Dendy, started the gumshoe, but he was interrupted by the tapster. Please, call me Todd. How can I help? I'll do whatever I can to help you find out who did this. The investigator thoughtfully answered, Thank you, Todd. I'd like you to just start by telling me what happened tonight in your own words. Well, it was awful at the end, but it started like most other events, stated the publican matter-of-factly. I had a full house and my hands just as full, 
But the tips were great, conversation was good, and the customers were really happy in spite of the snow in. The interrogator asked, and what of the victim? She was just like any other customer, albeit a bit more forward than most. I tend to get the gamut of cat calls and dicey language, but this gal, Sam, she said her name was, I think. She just wouldn't quit with it. In my line of work, a bit of flirting goes a long way for business, but she wouldn't let me do my job. It was getting exhausting. Anyway, I was spending so much time trying to pacify her without losing her business that I lost a whole bunch of business from a group of ladies down the bar from her. They up and vanished, and I'll admit, it annoyed me pretty badly. Then, Sam, who was about three glasses in at this point, started talking with her hands and swatted one of the former party's half-empty glasses of Merlot on the ground. That's when I got angry. I had to take a second to put my game face back on, so I ducked behind the bar just to calm down and grab a wet rag and a mop. And the next thing I know, there's this awful scream. When I came back out, there Sam was on the ground, dead. Worst night of my life. Mr. Dindy looked visibly shaken, so the detective only asked one more remedial question. Todd, did you ever see her with anyone else tonight? No, Todd shook his head. I only first saw her when she appeared at the bar, and then you know the rest. She was alone here the entire hour. I wish she'd had someone else with her. Would have taken some of the pressure off me. The P.I. thanked the bartender for his time and moved along. The last detective, with any initial ideas, found Miss Irene Carol Frost sitting behind the stage, hunched over, nursing a cup of hot tea. Keeping the pipes limber, I see, offered the detective with a bit of a knowing smirk. The singer forced a quick smile for cordiality's sake and nodded affirmatively. Miss Frost, I'd like to talk with you about what happened tonight, seeing as how you had the best seat in the house to see the events as they played out with the victim. Any information you can offer will be greatly appreciated. Miss Frost retorted, as if I had any time to people watch. The investigator held her gaze with his own steely eyes, and her expression softened. I'm sorry, Inspector, it's been a rough night, rough year if I'm being completely honest. But anyway, yes, I saw a bit of what was happening this evening. Mostly a lot of people smiling, laughing, drinking, making merry. It was bound to be the perfect night for a concert. You see, we don't usually get every patron in the hotel to attend one of our shows, though we've been hailed as the best hospitality house band four years running by Hotel Magazine, mind you. So to have a group of that magnitude was, well, exhilarating. She took a sip of her tea. Sound check had been normal with no real hiccups. The band was feeling excited, and I'd been up on stage for about three minutes prior to the happening. In that time, I merely noticed the happiness in the room. Well, except for the bar area, of course. I tried not to notice what was happening there for the good of my poor heart, you know. When the investigator raised an eyebrow, Miss Frost apologetically interrupted her own story. I am sorry, Detective. Mr. Dendy, the barkeep, and I have a bit of a romantic and heartbreaking past. You see, I romanced him, and he broke my heart. Suffice to say, I try not to look in his direction whenever I'm able. It's just too painful. But never mind that. I did happen to allow my eyes to stray towards his station. The heart wants what the heart wants, after all. And what did my eyes see? Oh, just more of the same stuff that snuffed out my hope for a future with him. A young woman in a sequined dress. Quite younger than I am, although I won't be divulging any ages, so don't ask. Giving him those eyes, 
and he ever the perfect victualler, giving her a bit of that smile. I didn't dare linger too long upon them, for fear of arresting my mind before our largest concert of the year, but I do seem to recall Todd giving her a look that seemed a bit... surprised? Perhaps I'm mistaken, but Mr. Dindy is not one to give shocked expressions, as he's always been one to keep his composure, especially under stress. I did find that odd, almost as if she had unveiled some sort of secret. Oh well, I'm sure it was all in flirtatious fun and all that. She averted her gaze and quickly dabbed a handkerchief to her misty eyes. Do with it what you will. If you don't mind, I'd like to be left alone for a bit. It's difficult to think about losing so much in one day. The detective thanked Miss Prost for her time and left to reconvene with the others. The group of inspectors gathered once again in the small conference room to recalibrate their findings. Miss Frost's interrogator started things up. Well, it seems we have a star-crossed lover with the leader of the band. Basically told me she had a rough relationship with the bartender. From the looks of things, she's still very much in love with him, but he's moved on and quite a while ago, it seems. He relayed all that Miss Frost had told him to those standing around. There might be motive here, but it's a stretch in my opinion. The group of ladies at the bar seems to be a bust, said his partner. They were annoyed, sure, but seemed more likely to murder her character than her actual body. Anyway, the bartender corroborates their alibi. They were all in the restroom when the death took place. What about that bartender? Someone asked from the pack. Ah, yeah, Todd Dindy is a bit of a confident peacock, but the chink in his armor was this gal. She just wouldn't leave him alone, in his words. Even knocked over a glass of expensive vino, he leaves to get a mop and presto changeo, comes back to a dead patron. That's something to think on, piped in Miss Frost's detective. Frost did say that she noticed Todd get a little bit of a surprised look on his face, and from what she says, he doesn't get his feathers ruffled too easily. I wonder why this gal got him so hot under the collar if he's so good at keeping his composure. Another investigator asked, Did we find out anything else from that events coordinator? If not, it seems like we'll have to. Just then, the detective who'd been gathering information about Samantha Quinn's employer burst into the room, frantically waving a piece of paper above his head. Look here, look here, all of yous, he shouted. Catching his breath, he pointed at the paper. I just looked into the company that supposedly sent the Vic here on business. It's called Grapevine Realty, Inc. Someone from the back said, yes, yeah, so what? Well, Cheery wasn't all too cheery about helping me get this info. Seems odd as she was so very helpful with the guest manifest earlier, so maybe there's something there. Anywho, we got generators here, but electric lines to the outside are cut and there ain't no service up here in the boonies. Get to it, man! An exasperated yell boomed from the group. All right, all right, keep your trench coat on, will you? He refocused on the file in his grasp. See, I had to use the satellite phone the agency supplied us with, and when I called this grapevine realty, I asked for Samantha Quinn. They told me she was out of town. So far, so good. When I asked to speak to the manager, they got her on the line lickety-split, and I explained what had happened. She took a few minutes to get herself together, but afterwards I asked her what the nature of Miss Quinn's business was up here at the Onyx Diamond. Here's where it gets kind of strange. The manager didn't know what I was talking about. I mentioned that she reserved a room as part of a business trip on behalf of Grapevine Realty, and I just wanted to find out why a company dealing in farmland was sending one of their employees to a ski resort where nothing vegetative grew. She said she thought Miss Quinn was visiting ailing parents back home. A murmur rippled through the detectives. 
After a bit of back and forth, we found out that Miss Quinn has only ever been to one other business trip, and that was to a wine tasting event in Tuscany two months ago. So why was she here of all places? And why was that events coordinator so upset about me asking for the name of the Vic's biz? Hushing the inspectors, the lead investigator said, Well, detectives, I hope you brought a change of clothes and a toothbrush, because it looks like we'll be here for a couple more days. To gain more information and find out who the culprit is, stay tuned and see how the story unfolds in next month's Ruddy Reveal.